0: You're listening to media from University Lutheran Church and Student Center in Tallahassee, Florida. We are a Jesus-centered community of Scripture, faith, and grace located on the campus of Florida State University. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three and One who comes in order to give us a confidence that creates in us a hope. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a story that goes something like this, that the once upon a time, there was somebody who, there, were, there was a kid who was riding on a bicycle and the kid riding on a bicycle uh, had a had a spill and, and fe- fell to the ground and broke his arm. And there so happened to be uh, a, a doctor in, in the area. And so the doctor came up to the kid and uh, started checking him out and started to see well, what he could do, and there started to be sort of a, a sort of a like small crowd that gathered around this kid who broke his arm after falling off of his bicycle and was being attended to by the doctor. And as this crowd started to grow, started to, to gather some more people, as crowds kind of do. And uh, into that crowd came the, this uh, young man who started to kind of move through the crowd, started to say, "Excuse me, excuse me, let me up front, let me up front." And the the young man gets up to the doctor and to the boy and he puts his hand on the doctor's shoulder and he says, "Uh, excuse me, sir, uh, but I'm a Boy Scout and I know how to do first aid, so you better just let me do this. Well, that was a picture of confidence in some ways. The the Boy Scout was ultimately confident in his ability to help out this young man who had broken his arm. Now, now the thing was that his his confidence didn't know that this other guy was a doctor and did, didn't know that uh, a doctor could, well, maybe do some other stuff, maybe do some, some more stuff. But what the Boy Scout knew was that that Boy Scout could help out that kid broke his arm he could give him first aid that was entirely in his realm of uh, expertise that he could do that he knew what it was to give that person first aid now he couldn't do some of the other stuff that the doctor could probably do for that kid but the boy scout was confident rightfully so that he could give that kid first aid well that picture of confidence is a picture of confidence that will help us to maybe understand a little bit of the confidence that we see going through the thread of all of these stories that we we just read, beginning with this uh, story from Acts, the the story from Acts that's a little bit longer than what we normally do on the seventh Sunday of Easter. Normally, the seventh Sunday of Easter is Matthias Day, and it's all about Matthias being selected. Uh, It usually includes that part uh, about Judas. falling headlong and his his guts bursting all over the place, Um, uh, but uh, we, we included today sort of the reasoning behind why Peter feels like he can get up in front of the gathered 120 people there and say, hey, let's do something. Because what they have just seen is they have seen their risen Lord, their, their resurrected Lord, this guy that they saw die on the cross, they have now seen him not only raised from the dead, walk through walls, eat fish, do all sorts of things that we have all heard about during this Easter season, but now they've even seen him pull a superman and float up into the heavens and then be surrounded by a cloud, a cloud, that Old Testament sign of God the Father's presence. And so the idea there is that, that in the ascension, Jesus raises up and is enveloped by the presence of the Father. And as they're looking at that, there's two men in white robes, who come around, and they, well, they kind of troll the apostles. They come up, and you can almost picture it. All of the apostles are looking up into the skies, and these two angel guys come by, and they're looking up into the skies as well, maybe like right behind them, and then scaring them by saying, what you looking at? They go, wait, wait. This guy, he, he just went up. <laughs> like, that's not normal. <laughs> to which the, the angels sort of nullify everything that they're saying. You know, they say, well, it, he'll, he'll come back the, the way that he came. And basically, I'm playing, well, go and get busy. Go and get busy. Go, go and be the church. Go and do the things that you are now commissioned to do. Go and baptize, go and teach, go and spread the gospel of this guy that you saw just go up to be with the Father. And so Peter, sort of the the head apostle, the lead apostle, starts looking at the organizational structure of the disciples and he goes, something's missing. Namely, we've got 11 and we're known as the 12 And Paul isn't coming for a while. He doesn't know that yet. But Paul isn't coming for a while. And so we need a 12th. And so they get into choosing. Okay, do we want to choose this guy who has a couple of aliases? Probably a red flag. Or do we want to choose Matthias? And they draw lots. And the lot goes to Matthias. Into which Matthias is dealt an interesting card. He's dealt this card where he is now called one of the twelve, even though he's been hanging around with them this whole time. And for some reason, during that whole time, he has not been called one of the twelve. You can imagine the lack of confidence that Matthias is feeling at this time. Just sort of like, well, i I wasn't one of uh, the 12 before, and now, now I am, oh, uh, how, how do I do this again? A- and maybe that's a little bit of how we feel sometimes, knowing that we're disciples, knowing that we kind of feel sometimes like Matthias, knowing that we have been given in our discipleship, The same message in some ways that those disciples were given as they were looking up into the sky. That the angels have come around and they have said, what are you doing looking up into the sky? You've got some work to do. You've got some people to baptize. You've got some people to teach. You've got some people to talk to Jesus about. You've got some good works to do. And we might go, huh, I I don't know that I feel super confident about those things. And so, it really digs down into, well, what does confidence even mean? What, what is confidence itself? Well, if you, you start to work with the word there, if you start to work with that word, inside of that word, you maybe start to hear some stuff, especially if you've ever taken Latin or Spanish or Italian or one of those romance languages, you hear Con fide. You hear with, confide. Fide, faith. And and so what we're saying when we say that somebody is confident is normally that we're just saying that they approach life with a certain amount of faith. Now, a lot of times we think that that confidence comes from a faith in yourself. But in reality, that's probably usually not the case. Maybe it's a part of yourself, but it's a part of yourself only for a specific reason, just like the Boy Scout. So if you think about why that Boy Scout had so much confidence in order to come up to that kid, that Boy Scout came up with the confidence to come up to that kid with the broken arm, not because the Boy Scout said, well, I'm a really good person. And because I'm a really good person, I should be able to just walk in here and I should be able to... Well, do something about this guy's broken arm. No. The Boy Scout went, and he said, move aside, Mr. Doctor Guy, because I've been trained. Because I know what to do for somebody with a broken arm. And so his confidence came from himself, but not really from himself, because what his confidence came from was that he had this training. And for us as Christians, that's where our confidence comes from as well. Our confidence doesn't come from the fact that we're really great people, because we're not. We just spent some time talking about how we're not really great people at the beginning of this worship service. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you, that doesn't sound like somebody who is confident in themselves. But rather where our confidence comes from is in the streams that we've been planted by. So you've got that Psalm 1 reading there where it says that, there are basically kind of two people, that that there's this person who is God's righteous person and this person who is the wicked. And the difference between the two of them is not even inherently that one is righteous and one is wicked, but the difference between the two of them is rather where they are positioned. And so if you're positioned by the stream, you get to be a part of God's wise people, God's righteous people, the people who do not sit in the way of the evil ones, but who rather are there positioned next to the stuff that's going to bring them life and the stuff that brings us life as Christians. Is God's Word. The stuff that brings us life as Christians is God's love brought down to us in terms of law and gospel, in terms of Word and sacrament, in terms of the good things that God has to give us. And so it's not about what we are, it's about what we've been given. And because we know that we've been given something good, we can approach God with confidence. We can approach the world with confidence. And and that's why the John reading, that first John reading in the epistle says, we have confidence to ask for whatever we need. It's because... We don't come into this situation having everything that we need. We need to be Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of the cross. That we need to be people that are given the stuff that we need in order to fulfill God's will because that doesn't come native to our systems. But rather that comes because as Jesus is praying to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane in that gospel reading... That comes because Jesus has asked the Father that we might have the stuff that we need, that we might be joined with them, that we might have our sins forgiven, and that we may be sanctified and made holy. And when you're holy, you should approach the world with some confidence. Not confidence in yourself again, but confidence in what you've been given. And you know what? The world needs your confidence. The world needs you to take that approach with the people that are out there saying, my confidence is here and is ready to serve you. The world needs your confidence like that kid with the broken arm needed a boy scout or a doctor. The world needs your confidence not because you're such a great person but because you have been given such a great gift and that that great gift enables you to approach the world With some confidence, with some hope, with some sense that this can get better. That I have been given some things that enable me to speak joy and peace and comfort and goodness and righteousness into your life. I have been given some things that enable me to put myself second and to put you first. You've been given things that should make you confident. And that confidence is something that people are looking for out of you. Especially now, especially in an age where there's so much anxiety, where there's so much strife, where there's so much everything out there that is not confidence. You have been placed into a grouping of people, the people that have been called into discipleship under Jesus, like Matthias, not because you've done great things, but because you've been planted by streams of living water. You've been planted by Scripture. You've been planted into Christian community. You've been planted into all of the things that enable you to then walk away from this place or to walk away from the laptop that you're watching this on or to walk away from any encounter that you have with the Word of God and to face the world with a confidence and a hope the world needs to see and hear. So may you go out into this world confident that you are a sinner. (laughs) And that your confidence doesn't come from you being a sinner. But that it comes from the fact that you have been planted by streams of living water. Let that confidence shine. He is risen. He is risen indeed.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Amen.